Hey everyone, welcome to the Acrobatic Arts Podcast. I'm Loren, and I will be interviewing some of the top leaders and innovators from the dance and acrobatic industry. If you are a teacher, performer, student, or a lifelong learner like myself, you are sure to find these episodes intriguing and full of inspiration. Acrobatic Arts is passionate about providing current and relevant information for everyone. So please, sit back and enjoy as we share our passion with you and the world. We have an amazing episode today with Mr. Mark Nash as our guest. Mark is the Acrobatic Arts U.S. Division Manager as well as a former professional ballet dancer. Mark is definitely the perfect person to talk about how ballet complements acro dance. Before we hear from Mark, don't forget that Acrobatic Arts is thrilled to be a part of the International Online Dance Competition. This competition has many categories to choose from, including acrobatic dance. You can submit your videos up until June 8th. For more information, visit iodc.online. Now let's listen to today's fantastic interview. Mark Nash, hello and welcome back to the Acrobatic Arts Podcast. Thank you, Loren. It's wonderful to be here. It's always a pleasure to talk with you. Thanks so much. And Mark, before we begin and get into this interesting topic, I just have to ask you about Game of Talents. When you were on the podcast last year, the episode that you were in with you and your two daughters was just about to air. How was that experience? Oh my gosh, that was an incredible experience. I've had the good fortune over my uh, life to have been on a few television shows, but it's a completely different experience when you have your children with you. So of course we were in Southern California and they were just uh, bedazzled by everything around them. We got picked up in a van and taken to the venue. And uh, you know we had a green room and they had catering and it was like almost like being on a movie set. So they were in seventh heaven. Um, so that's the great part. And then like uh, any one that's ever done a movie or something like this, the bad part is, is that they sequester you there for hours and hours on end. So we're there from uh, eight in the morning until uh, after the time we actually performed was uh, after midnight sometime. And so uh, that was sort of the reality check of that's what Hollywood is. You know, they've got to get everything just right before you go on stage. But it was a wonderful experience all the way around. Well, it's so cool. And if anyone has a chance, they should go check it out because I think that's just amazing. And congratulations to you and your two daughters. Oh, thank you so much. We appreciate that. Today, I'd like to discuss how ballet complements acro dance. Why is this topic so important to you? That's a great question because when I was a ballet dancer back in the late 80s and through the 90s, (laughs) that seems like forever ago now, You know, dance didn't have an appreciation for acro like it does now. So although I was trained in acrobatics, it was a little bit looked down upon in the ballet world because um, it was thought that they were unrelated. The funny thing that I thought uh, about the whole thing was that whenever they needed somebody to do something um, not classically uh, sort of known in the ballet world, but let's say go down to the floor or do some uh, partnering things with some modern choreographers, or even actually tumble across the floor, then I would automatically get all those parts. Now flashing forward to I'm 53 years old, and I look at my colleagues who I dance with, I'm amazed at how my body has held up. I don't have any chronic injuries. 
<laughs> and uh, many of my colleagues do. And I really think that can be attributed to the fact that acro dance and ballet are really sister, sisters to each other. And they're very complementary. Where acrobatics trains in parallel uh, and ballet uh, trains the muscles and turned out, they're perfect complements to ensure that your body is uh, becoming strong and flexible in all the right ways and ensuring that you have, um, you know, injury free and a long term career. So I just thought, wow, you know, from the way I felt when I first walked into a professional ballet company to the way it's viewed now um, is really like a 180 degree difference. And I really believe it's because now everybody's recognizing the importance of training the muscles in those ways. Mm -hmm. For our listeners, could you break down the fundamental approach of both ballet and acro and how they differ? Okay, well, fundamentally, ballet uh, is an art form that has been around for years and years and years. And as we know, it, it started in the, the courts in France and, and even beyond that. And it has developed over time with um, the legs and muscles being turned out. So it rotated outward from the hips so that the toes face away from each other. And the genre has been tested through time and perfected. And it's really sort of memorized and uh, becomes uh, a part of the body so that it can be performed well and injury free in order to accommodate the skills that go along with the, the ballet genre. Whereas fundamentally different acrobatics are trained in the parallel position. And what's interesting is uh, the body can sort of trick trainers when it's in a turned out position or when it's not tracking in that parallel neutral uh, forward back position. Uh, we can trick uh, teachers and your audience into thinking that you have a lot more flexibility than you have uh, because the muscles aren't aren't forced to sort of track in the same way. Whereas acrobatics really exposes the true flexibility of the hip and the spine and uh, your hamstrings and everything. It, it, there's no way to, to trick people in your flexibility when it comes to a working parallel. And sometimes that's why acrobatics can be frustrating for people because if I just turn out, I can, I look so much better and I can go so much further and I feel so much better about myself in that moment. But what people don't realize is that when they're gaining true flexibility through working parallel like acrobatics uh, demands, then they're actually going to perform even better and they're going to be able to turn out and stretch further and it really uh, actually supports the ballet genre. And in dance, why do you think ballet is our go-to genre? I think that ballet has been around for so long. I mean, if you look at our institutions here in North America and around the world, ballet companies have been around and they've stood the test of time and they're understood by the world in general. I mean, they have uh, donors and they have had donors throughout history that um, understand and appreciate the beauty of the art form. And like I said, it, you know, it started back in the courts of the kings and uh, we, we know the on royale came from the king being able to do that, uh, that stuff. And so I think it's just been, you know, it's, it's tradition and um, that's a big part of it. But it, it's also because it's, uh, it's been proven effective uh, over time. The methods of attaining uh, the ability to, to achieve certain skills 
has been proven that if you take certain steps and if you follow the pedagogy uh, of ballet, that you can get better and better. So you start with your plies and your tendus and your degages and all of that, and you build uh, eventually so that you can do, you know, bounding beautiful movements across the stage or beret beautifully and so forth. So. I, I believe that that's it. It's it's just been around for forever. Now, acrobatics has been around forever, but it's taken a different route. Ballet is more sort of a Western Eurocentric art form, and acrobatics has been sort of around the world in, in performing um, in circuses and other things. So um, the, the two are finally meeting, I think, as the world becomes smaller through communication and, um, you know, with things being able to be broadcast on television and radio waves and Instagram and social media and everything. Uh, it's sort of the perfect time for them to meet and to marry in a beautiful way. Do you think acro dancers with a ballet background have an added edge in their training? I do. Absolutely. I do. I sort of think I like the phrase that acro is ballet upside down. Mm -hmm. So if you think about it like that, you know, ballet really trains the beauty of the line, the understanding of uh, hip placement, um, how to finish a line beautifully, the lengthening of the spine, the use of it. You know, when we cambray back, we talk about stretching above the bra line, which is actually increasing the thoracic range of movement in our spine. So all of that is very supportive of when you get into acrobatics and now maybe you're on your hands or your head and uh, instead of having to fight against gravity to achieve moves, now gravity is sort of helping you in your favor. So it's increasing your range and placing your legs in a, in a way that makes it easier for the dancer to sort of feel what muscles are working. And, and it's in such a, a nice way. When you're standing and you're working against gravity, some of the major muscles uh, end up taking over. And so it's hard to feel uh, the muscles that are supporting that. I call it hijacking the work. So that the, the minor muscles are, you can't feel them. And so sometimes it's hard for a dancer to understand uh, what they're supposed to do. But you flip them upside down, put them on their head, and suddenly the major muscles can relax a bit more and not do so much work. And then those minor muscles can be totally felt and utilized and strengthened. And it's just a beautiful marriage. And then, of course, I have to ask, on the other hand, do ballet dancers with acro dance training have an added benefit? And I think you sort of touched on that with your experience, but how do you feel about it nowadays with dancers? Well, I think that even in the most classical of ballet companies, you can't get away with only doing ballet. You know, I, I have had many experiences throughout my career where I was doing a pas de deux with um, someone who's never done anything other than ballet. And it was very difficult for a choreographer to get them to sort of relax and certainly not to go on the floor or to roll over their head or their shoulder and, you know, roll through their spine because it was so unfamiliar and felt so foreign it often looked a little bit awkward. But nowadays, you know, we're, that's sort of an expectation that you're training in different genres and you have a little bit of that, um, you know, that background. And so I think that um, if you don't, you're sort of uh, shortchanging your career because it'll be recognized right away when you audition. And if you do have it, then truly, and it's easy to just throw out these words, but I really think that you're 
your movement vocabulary and your ability is so much greater that the possibility to have a career that goes almost in any direction. Ballet, certainly, you can be very successful in marrying the two, but also it helps you so that you're, you can be successful in almost any genre of dance. So knowing all of this amazing information, plus your previous experience, you would definitely recommend that a dancer is in both acro dance and ballet. I do, but I do would encourage you to make sure that you have the proper training. So of course, I'm the U.S. Division Manager for Acrobatic Arts, and uh, Acrobatic Arts has a a tested and true syllabus that makes sure that it's guiding its students with a proper foundation all the way up through higher levels. And I think that's important because sometimes people will throw out the word acrobatics and maybe it's really just a tumbling class and it's negating all the areas of, of acrobatics. So you have not only tumbling, but you have limbering, you have balancing, you have strength and flexibility. And if you're not working on all of those in an acro class, you're, you're probably not really taking an acro class. You're taking something else, a stretch or a tumbling class. So yes, as long as you're, you've got quality instruction, that's key, then I think it's an absolute must. And I think that, as I said, my personal experience is that I have a healthy body now at 53 and I'm not, um, I'm not nursing any injuries. And I think that's the greatest testament right there. I've just personally experienced that. I agree. I think cross-training is a, is a big topic right now in the dance world. And so acro dance definitely can help with that part of it. And ballet can help with acro dance on that side of cross-training as well and create healthy bodies for years to come. What would you recommend that our teachers do to reinforce this idea in the studio and with their students and their parents? It's interesting. I recently read in some ballet blogs online that there's such um, a misunderstanding of what acrobatics is. And again, I think it, it, it gets to the heart of uh, the definition of if someone is just throwing out the word because it's, you know, they think that doing a walkover is acrobatics. Um, although anyone who's trained in acrobatics knows that that could be gymnastics or acro, it depends on the approach and there's a lot of factors. So I think that education is, is primary. Helping uh, parents understand that the goal of the teacher is to build the healthiest body for the dancer so that they can stay injury free, which I think is super key and not just a buzzword, but something that parents really want to hear and understand that you understand as a teacher, that you're trying to keep their their child uh, free of injury as they're learning and then helping them understand that it's going to help the child ultimately in the long run achieve more. Because as I said, even in the flexibility aspect, if you're training parallel, then when uh, you turn out, you gain a range of motion that you didn't have before. And so helping uh, parents understand that the teacher is just trying to increase the capability, uh, the flexibility, the use of the body, um, yeah, even the performance ability of, of the dancers, I think would go a long way. So it's really about education. Consider having, you know, um, information, a poster, a flyer, something at your studio that describes the particulars of each so that they can understand it. It's a great idea. Fantastic information, Mark, as always. Now, we have been receiving many questions about the acrobatic arts courses that are coming up. And of course, our summer training tour is ramping up in North America. But since I have you here, could you tell us what's coming up for the US tour and what teachers can expect and look out for? Yes, absolutely. So uh, most teachers probably recognize that 
we uh, have had because of the pandemic, we've had an opportunity to make our module one a live online uh, version. So what that means is that you're live with teachers, but you're doing it online via Zoom. And the teachers can take you into uh, breakout rooms so they can help you spot one-on-one -on -one and so forth. And the popularity of that has, has gotten so great that most studio owners actually prefer it. So you'll see a fewer in-person module ones as a result because studio owners can save on travel costs, you know, airfare and hotel and, and per diems and all those things because uh, their teachers can train right in their own home studio. So that's the beauty of it. Some people get nervous about that, but it's actually the exact same course. So I love that. But if you are one that prefers to do it in person, we do have a couple of uh, module ones happening. You can check those out on our webpage. Now, having said that, our summer is really focused on not only the online courses, but we've got several. We've got five aerial and back handspring workshops, which are the precursor to our module two and five module twos that are happening around the US this summer. That's more than we've ever had. Typically in a year, we have two to three module twos, but because we've had a couple of years of the pandemic and lots of people certifying in module one, we wanted to make sure that there were more offerings for people uh, to be able to progress and take our, our module two. So those are all um, beginning June all the way through September, mid-September. So you'll want to look online for those. We've got them in Detroit and uh, Massachusetts, Charlotte, North Carolina, Kansas. We, we tried to touch all the main areas around the country where we've got certified teachers. And we uh, look forward to meeting everybody there. You have a busy summer coming up. <laughs> yeah, we do. We're excited about that, right? I think we all... Everybody is excited that we can actually travel and see one another. And, you know, that's an important part of what we do, just that interaction. So we can't wait to see everybody in person. Mark, my friend, thank you so much for spending time with me today and coming on the podcast. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much, Loren. I'm happy to come back anytime you ask me. As Mark mentioned, our North American certification tour is coming to a city near you this summer. We have teacher workshops and certifications, as well as opportunities for adjudicators, preschool teachers, dance teachers, and more. Spots go fast. Visit acrobaticarts.com for details. Thanks for listening, everyone, and have a great day.